Welcome to this week's podcast from Church on the Rock. We hope that it will challenge and inspire you to be a more passionate follower of Jesus. For more information about Church on the Rock, visit us at cotrcalera.com. Little boy who was uh, in church one Sunday as we're kind of talking about uh, people who are dealing with uh, sickness and stuff. So he was in church one Sunday uh, with his mother. And uh, when he started, you know, while they were in church, he started to feel sick. He started to feel really sick. He started getting nauseous. And he says, Mom, um, can we leave now? And no, his mother replied, the service isn't over yet. Well, he said, I think I'm about to throw up. So his mom says, well, then go out of the front door around to the back of the church and throw up behind the bush. I don't know. This must have been a long time ago because I'm thinking, like, why not just go to the bathroom? Okay, She's like, go outside around the back of the church and um, in a bush back there, and you can throw it back there. And so about 60 seconds later, Jimmy returns back to his seat alongside with his mother. And um, uh, his mom asked him, what, what did you throw up? And Jimmy says, yes, um, um, you know, kind of somewhat, you know, embarrassed by it. And she says, well, how could you have gone all the way to the back of the church, uh, behind the church, and thrown up in the bushes and returned so quickly? And Jimmy replied, well, I didn't really have to go out of the church, Mom. They have a box next to the front door that says, for the sick. This is why you accompany your children Right? All the way so they don't misinterpret the opportunities that they have. All right. Anyway, so we're, we're kind of, um, you know, I want to share something with you today that I believe kind of is going to segue us into, you know, 2020. Going to kind of move us into kind of like um, what I feel like God has given me a word for 2020 for us and for Church on a Rock. And, uh, and we're going to talk about that today. You know, uh, generally speaking, this is kind of always the time of the year where we begin to, you know, Christmas is over. You know, think the, the hustle and, of Thanksgiving and Christmas has ended. And we've got a couple days now that we're moving into kind of the, the new year. And we, we begin to kind of reflect on 2019 and kind of all the stuff that's kind of happened in 2019, the things that have happened the things that have gone on, the things that we've seen, the, the things that we've experienced in our life. Um, and we kind of look over, you know, this whole 2019. We kind of reflect on what's happened. You know, and a lot of times we can even ask ourselves like, hey, you know, if I had the chance to do 2019 all over again, what would I do differently? What would I do differently this year, you know, th- this past year? If, if I could start over in 2019 and we could just do it all over again, what are some of the things in my life that I could do differently, um, you know, than, than I actually did? And maybe it helps us reestablish some priorities in our life, moving into, you know, 2020, you know, whatever that looks like for you, New Year's resolutions or just goals or whatever it is that we kind of, you know, set some, some, some things that we want to kind of do a little bit different, things that we want to change. And I know that there's always this really negative stigma with, you know, New Year's resolutions, right? We all kind of make New Year's resolutions. And then after, you know, a couple months or so, sometimes we kind of lose sight of some of those things. I think sometimes it helps a little bit better if you make smaller goals instead of like all of 2019, I'm going to live like this. And then, 
you know, it's just life happens, right? And things change and schedules change and kids change and, you know, all of these kinds of things kind of get in the way. They kind of make it really hard sometimes. But I, I do want to say that it's really important to set goals in your life because I, I would say this, like if you aim for nothing, you're sure to hit it, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you aim for nothing, you're guaranteed to get it. And so the, the truth be known is that even though maybe you set goals and maybe you don't hit those goals, it still helps you kind of grab a hold of something and try to move and gravitate towards that thing. I think sometimes setting smaller goals along the way kind of helps with that because then you can change it. Even if it's like a monthly goal, like this month I'm going to do this, and then February start over again, it helps you kind of push the reset button on a lot of those kinds of things as opposed to just doing it once a year. But setting goals is important in our life because it helps us uh, keep our mind. It, it also helps us if we'll you know, put those things in front of us so that we see them all the time. It helps us kind of stay, stay on the course of, of life and kind of how we should live and some of the things that we should do. All right. But, you know, whether, what, no, no matter what 2019, maybe, maybe it was a good year for you. Maybe it was a bad year for you. Uh, you know, the truth be known is if you're just like every other average person, there was probably some good and some bad. You know, and, and, and so we kind of look on the past year and we see some of the things that happened, maybe some of the things that we wish we'd have done different. Um, you know, and obviously we can't. It kind of brings you to that, that phrase, right, that we, we're kind of all used to. You know, we've heard a thousand times, you know, well, if hindsight was twenty twenty, you know, right? If hindsight was twenty twenty, well, I would have done this. So if I, I could look back in 2019 and, and if I would have known that this would have happened, was going to happen, then I would have done this. And uh, it kind of, you know, puts this idea and, and this particular thought, this, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, this, this idea of hindsight being 2020, 2020 is, 2020 is perfect vision, right? It's the ability to see perfectly. It speaks of this idea that if only we had the ability to see what happens before it happens, then we would make perfect decisions in our life. If we could see what would happen before it takes place, it would give us the ability to make a perfect decision. And this isn't always true, right? When you think about even the phrase hindsight is twenty twenty, Because even though you can look back and see the facts, our ability to interpret the facts isn't always good either, right? I mean, because the, you know, somebody could see a setback in their life as being a devastating blow to their life. And then another person could see a setback as being a greater opportunity for an even greater comeback. It really kind of is how you envision or how you interpret what it is that you've seen. We can, we, you know, some people can experience great sickness in their life and go through great depression and difficulty. And other people can experience sickness in their life and it build even greater faith and resolve in their life. So even though, you know, maybe if we could look back and see some of the things that happened in our life, it is 2020 in the sense that we, we can see what has happened, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we will interpret it correctly in our life and therefore make the correct decision either. And I know that when you think about this idea of of being able to look backwards, of being able to have hindsight, to be able to look behind you or to somehow in, in maybe see things into our future and how things are going to happen seems to be, um, you know, uh, would be kind of like a, a cool superpower, right? To be able to, to know the future before it happens. 
be able to know kind of how things are going to happen before they happen. There have been all kinds of movies and TV shows that talk about these issues, and whether it's you know, people that are from the future that come back to our day now to tell us that you know, we need to recycle and be nice to Mother Earth and all this because in you know, 50 years from now, it's all just devastation. I, I don't know. I, you know. Back to the Future is kind of a big movie that really kind of was the, one of the first ones that really kind of set the stage for this idea like, let's go into the future and see what's going to happen and you come back and you know all this information about things that happen in the future and you know, all this kind of stuff. It would be kind of like a... You know, a really cool thing to have, you know, if you knew the outcome, you know, to, you know, the game that was about to happen, right? You know, if you're watching the college football players and you knew the outcome to those games before they actually happened, man, that would be like a really cool thing to have. Or if you knew the outcome to the Super Bowl that will take place, you know, basically a little over a month from now, that would be a really cool thing. Or if you knew the outcome of the stock, that this new stock that's coming out, that's just going to blow up. Or, man, if you just knew that kind of thing first, man, if you knew the outcome to a relationship before you got into that relationship, wow, what a, what a great superpower that would be, right? I mean, to avoid maybe some of the difficulty or problems that you could have or face if you so just this ability kind of to look into the future and to and to know the outcome of things before they actually happen man that we think that that would be like a really cool thing i think that in a way uh knowing ahead of time how something is going to end um you know could be a great advantage of our in our lives but it also could be a great problem to us as well because then we might try to spend our entire life trying to, you know, not make that happen. Like, I, hey, I know that this is about to happen to me, so I'm going to work really hard. And that's kind of what you see in some of the, like, we know that these bad things are going to happen, so let's go back in time to fix the bad things so that when we get there, they, they won't happen. And, and we would probably spend all of our effort worrying about all the things that we know that are going to happen in our future, trying to make sure those things don't happen in our future, when in reality, you know, sometimes that's just the way it goes, right? That's just kind of part of life. It's the struggle of life. Even Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. There's going to be problems. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be difficulty. There's going to be sickness. There's going to be ups and downs and ebbs and flows of life. That's the reason why we don't know all that we need to know about our future. I think sometimes the reason why, um, and I, I can't remember, years ago, I even uh, preached a whole message about you know, why God doesn't reveal everything in our future, uh, why he doesn't show us everything, even though he can't show us bits and pieces at times. You know, a lot of it has to do with, like, we're not ready for it. We're not, you know, what if, what if you, you know, five years from now, you're going to be, you know, preaching on a stage at a church, and you're like, oh my gosh, no, I, I can't do it. You know, I just, you just don't know. Like, you don't know the process that God is going to take you through to prepare you for what you're going to face in the future. And if you knew it now, you wouldn't be ready to handle it. And so even though it would be a cool thing for us to do and to have, um, it, it wouldn't be all that practical. And really, unfortunately, in the natural world, we don't have the ability to see how things are going to play out in our future. We just don't um, in the natural world. But I will tell you this, that there are some things, listen, there are some things that we see in God's word where he gives us the end results of our current actions, right? There are some things in God's word where God gives us the end. And, and let's just talk about this for a second. Let's just say for a second that 
you know, that you got information about the future. I don't know how, how maybe it was a vision, a dream. Maybe it's, um, you know, you, you, you talked to a fortune teller, or, or maybe you had an out-of-body of experience, or somehow the laws of physics just don't apply to you, and your real-life body transported to the future and then brought you back. Like, in whatever way that you get this information, you would still have to trust that the information is reliable, right? Like, at some level, you have to trust, like, how do I know that this is actually in the future and not the pizza that I ate last night that gave me this dream, okay? How do I, how do I know that this out-of-body experience I had is real and not just, like, some figment of my imagination? Like, you would still have to be able to trust the vehicle by which you received that information, okay, in order to affect the actions that you have about that thing. So if you got information on who was going to, you know, win the Super Bowl, you would still have to have a significant amount of trust in how you got that information to be able to take your money and to bet on it so that you can win and make a whole lot more money, right? You still have to trust it. So, in, in, in whatever way that we get information about our future, it still requires the basic level of trust. We have to have a basic level of trust on what it is that we're hearing um, to affect our actions um, in, in that way. And so when we're talking about this, and here's the thing that, you know, we say hindsight is twenty twenty. We could say that God's word is twenty twenty, right? Okay, so our and, and the truth be known is that hindsight is not twenty twenty in the sense that it sees twenty twenty the facts that are there, but its ability to interpret the facts is not always true. But God's word is always twenty twenty, and the reason why it's always twenty twenty is because God is not a man that He should lie, nor son of man that He should change His mind. Okay, does He speak and then not act? Does He promise and not fulfill? We see all of this in the Bible, all of God's scripture, all of the all of the scripture is God breathed, used for for teaching, correcting, rebuking, training, and righteousness. We see this all throughout the scripture that God is. God does not change his mind. He does not lie. And we see the Bible speak to several things in our life. And we see that there are times in the scripture where, the, where God's word will predict your future based upon what you're doing right now. It does. Now, I will say this. It doesn't speak to the specifics, but it speaks to the generalities. All right? It speaks generally. But does it really matter what the specifics look like as long as the generalities come to pass, right? Okay? I mean, does it, does it, it doesn't really matter how it happens. If God's word says it's going to happen, we can trust that it's going to happen. And so I want us to look at three of those things in particular. All right? Three of those things that really kind of stand out as it relates to what God's word has to say about us right now. And what it speaks to us in our future. All right, so let's listen right here. Number one, Luke chapter uh, 6, verse 38, in the English Standard Version, it says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. All right, so here's one of the scriptures in God's word where God predicts your future. He says, by the, by, by the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you, your future. By what you do right now, 
it'll come back to you in your future. So he says this. He says, give, give right now. Give what you do right now. Give and it will be given back to you. Give and it will be given back to you. So you can know this. Listen, you can know this. It's the best investment that you can make with your money. Because you could put your money in the stock market, it's not guaranteed to come back to you. It's not. Okay? You can put your money in the bank, and it's not guaranteed to come back to you. You can invest your money in other things in this world, and it's not guaranteed to come back to you. But God says that if you give, it will come back to you. He speaks about you and your future that you can guarantee, you can mark it down, that if you give, it'll come back to you in your future. Again, God's speaking about something generally, so he doesn't tell us the specifics, but he does tell us the generalities, that if you give now, it'll come back to you in your future. So you can know, right? You can know what's going to happen to you in your future if you give now. Now, you can also know what's going to happen to you in your future if you don't give now, right? Because by the measure, by, by what you measure with, it'll be measured back to you. So the, the exact opposite could be said the same. Like if you don't give, it won't be given back to you. So it actually, God's word does speak to your future, speaks from a general standpoint, but it does give you information about how you can interpret things in your future. You want to know how God wants to bring increase in your life? This is it right here. Give first, and it'll be given back to you. Now, here's the thing. You know, I've kind of all, you know, for many years of my life, I read this particular passage. I don't really understand what the the middle meant, because it really, it's like, I don't even understand, like, get, um, give and it'll be given back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, like, what? You want to run over my stuff? You know, I don't know. What are you talking about? You know, you, you want to press down? You wanna, I mean, I don't understand, like, how, how does that, how, I don't understand how that makes sense that God wants to give back to me. And let me explain, let me explain this passage to you that Jesus, like, so the people that were listening to Jesus understood what Jesus was talking about. Because Jesus was speaking to them about a cultural thing that they did. Because it was something that was written in uh, the law of Moses. All right, we see here. So what happened was, is all the people that owned fields of grain were required by law. This is one of the things that God set up in his word. That they were supposed to leave a certain amount of grain along the edges of their, their fields. It's really what we call is like living with, with margin in our life. And this is, this is an important, I think it's an important financial principle even in your own life that you live with margin. In other words, is you don't take all of your income and spend all of your income on you. All right, you you leave margin along the edges of your income. You leave margin and 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 extra out there so that you can give it away, whether it's with your tithe or whether it's just given out to other charities or whether it's just given to people that you know that are in need. You you leave margin along the edges of your fields, and you don't you don't you don't live on everything that you make. Right? But this was something that was required by law. And the reason is, is because the poor people would then come and then they would collect the grain that was along the edges of the field. All right? And it was one of the ways that God had kind of provided a way to take care of people that were less fortunate than others. And, and so it was God's people that were fortunate and had wealth that created margin and created opportunity. So what would happen is, is this. Um, the people that would go to collect the grain... They would have to generally, you know, 
you know, there's no cars or anything like that. They would have to hoof it all the way out to these grain fields, which were typically a very long, long ways to walk. And uh, so they would have to get the biggest basket that they could carry with them. And they would have to walk because they weren't going to be able to make more than one trip. All right. But they would have to walk out there. And what they would do is that they would go out there to these uh, to this grain field and they would take this basket and they would, um, you know, begin to fill it with grain. And they would fill it with grain. And and here's what they would do is they would as they're filling it with grain is they would shake it together. Right. Like I want to make sure I get all the air space out of it. And then they would push it down. Okay. To right because if you're only making one trip, right, this is it. This is this is the only trip I got. I'm gonna shake it together. I'm gonna press it down. And then they would fill it up till it was running over. Right? That's what they would do. And then they would carry that basket of grain back to their house. It's like if you go to like one of those candy stores, right? And they're like, you know, it's $5 to fill the bag up, right? You're not just going to be like putting like five little pieces of candy in a bag. You're going to be like, stuff it, push it down. Okay. You, just, you know, I mean, you're just going to be working it. You're going to be like, I'm going to fit as much. It's going to be, it's going to be like, I'm going to take it up there to the counter and I'm going to have to hold it on the edges to keep the candy from falling out sides of the little cup. You know, like this is, I'm going to get as much stuff in there as I can. And this is what Jesus was talking to him. He was giving them this, this word picture, this idea that they could understand, you know, um, that it's going to be, it's going to be shaken together, pressed down. It's going to be running over. All right. You ever, you ever got a, you ever gone to McDonald's and ordered yourself a, a value meal. I know McDonald's is you know, it's a bit sketchy. Some of you like never, right? But just substitute the other. Fa- you ever you ever look in there at the basket of the little bag of fries and it's like it's, it's like half full, right? It's like it's like the exact opposite of press. Like they just like they just scoop up a couple. They're not going to shake it together. They're not going to. Of course, we don't want them to press it down, right? You know, a bunch of fries. You know, um, but it's not going to be, you know, typically it's not going to be running over. I think five guys is a great place. If you go to five guys, man, you get like a thing of fries. It's like falling out. You're like, oh my gosh, they give you, theirs is a great depiction of what it's like. Or maybe if you go to a grocery store, you ever bought a a bag of chips lately at a grocery store? Like, what am I paying for? I'm paying for a half an empty bag. It's like the exact opposite of nobody, they didn't fill this thing up. They went this bag. It's like, I'm buying a bag this big. It's got this many chips in it. They just want me to think, oh, I got this big old bag of chips I'm paying $5 for. I mean, it's like nothing in it. All right. But this is what God was saying in his word. He says, hey, like, I, like look, when it comes back to you, it's not going to be like a little bag of chips that you buy in the store. Okay. It's not going to be like the fries you get from McDonald's is half full. No, no. He says, like, if you will give in your life and you will live with generosity, listen, it'll come back to you like these people that take these baskets and they fill them up and they shake it together and they push it down and it's going to fill up so much. It's going to be overflowing in your life. You see, God predicts that about your future under the condition that right now in your life that you give. So listen, okay, you you actually can know 2020 vision about your future that, that, that God brings abundance in our life when we give. When we live in generosity, God 
brings it. Listen, that is 2020 vision into your future. That's what it is. Perfect vision into your future. Okay, this is God says it. Second one here. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that in the proper time he may exalt you. Okay? In James chapter 14, it says, Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Humble yourself before the Lord, and God will exalt you. Listen, uh, our world today tells us that we've got to fight for our own positions, that we have to fight for our own stuff, that we have to fight for our own things, that we've got to jockey and move around and brown nose and do all of these things that kind of put ourselves in a position to be promoted and to have more and to be exalted, all this kind of stuff, that we've got to you know, rely upon ourselves and our self-confidence and our abilities and all this kind of stuff, that, that, that we put our our careers and our jobs and all these kinds of things, number one in our life, all right, and, and that will lead to promotion and exaltation in our life. But God's word says, listen, that if you will humble yourself before the Lord, listen, if you will humble yourself before the Lord, God will exalt you in your future. That God will raise you up in your future. All right? So God gives you 2020 vision into your future that you can know that if you will humble yourself before God, God will raise you up. Now, the exact opposite is also true, right? Because the Bible says, Scripture says that pride goeth before the fall. Okay? So if you're walking in pride, you're going to fall eventually. You're going to fall eventually. You can know 2020 into your future that if you live your life with pride, full of pride of your own arrogance and your own gifts and your own talents and your own abilities and your own strengths and all of these kinds of things, living and doing it your own way and saying that I am going to be my own person, living my own way, doing my own thing. The Bible says that there's going to come a time in your future where you will fall. So you can humble yourself before God. Listen, you can, you can lower yourself before the Lord and God will raise you up. Or you can raise yourself up and God will lower you. Okay? It's up to you. But God speaks about it to all of us in our future. This is how it works. This is how your future is going to go. Right? It's 2020 vision into your future. Did you know that, like, and I don't know, you know, humility. Like, what is, what is humility? Um, and I will say this, like, because um, there's also something called false humility. Right? And false humility is a form of pride. Right? It's it's um, pretending to be humble in a sense that um, it's, it's kind of the, a, a contradiction of what true humility is. And I, I'll say it like this. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Now, you follow that? Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking less of your, but thinking of yourself less. Humility, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. You follow me? All right. I want you to think about Jesus. Do you, do you think Jesus, or number one, do you think Jesus was humble? Well, I hope so because the Bible says he was. And I think that we can see that um, 
that if he had pride, that would mean that he had sin, and that would not be good for all of us, okay? So, um, yes, Jesus walked with humility, but do you think that Jesus thought less of himself? Do you think that he thought, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just a carpenter. I can't really do anything. I'm just, just a lowly guy. Just, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just here. You know, I have no formal training. I, I have no formal education. No, I mean, we don't see anything in the Bible that gives us any indication that Jesus thought less of himself than he should. If anything, he was very confident in who he was, right? I mean, how many times did he say, like, how many times did the Pharisees get mad at him because he basically claimed to be God? I and the Father are one. That I was before Abraham was even born. You know, he said all these things. I am the way, the truth, and life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. Like, who in the world do you think you are? All right? So Jesus never thought, of, thought less of himself. He was very confident in his abilities. He was very confident in his calling, what God had called him to do. But what we do see in the life of Jesus is that he he thought of himself less than he thought of other people. So he was always putting other people to be more important in his life than even he himself. And it, it, lists, it went all the way to the cross, did it not? Because the cross was the very action that everybody is more important than me, and I'm going to sacrifice my life for all of them, for all of mankind. And Jesus walked in humility. He didn't think poorly of himself. And that's where false humility comes in, where false humility actually looks for compliments from other people. Well, you know, I just don't think I can do that. Oh, but you can. You're just so great. And no, I just, I don't know. I just don't think I can. All right. And some people think that's humility. That's not humility. That's you looking for compliments to, to kind of puff up your pride and make you feel good about yourself. That's called, it's called false humility, and it's, a, it's another form of pride. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less and putting other people as the priority in your life. I'm going to put other people as the priority. I'm going to, I'm going to, listen, and this is where God says, if you will do this, listen, if you will live your life like this, I'll raise you up. I'll raise you up. If you'll put other people first, right? Put up, put other people first. You don't have to, you know, it's like, jockeying in line for, you know, everybody's getting in line to get something. I got to get up to the front of the line. When God says, put other people first, he says, then I'll, get you, I'll give you what you want. I'll raise you up. Just let me do it. And God gives us here in this particular statement, again, another ability to see our future in a general sense, right? In a general sense, another ability to see our future by obeying his word. That's the reason why I say God's word is 2020, right? I think it's interesting that we're going into 2020, uh, 2020. And I, that's one of the things that I think that, that God wants to speak. And, and we're going we're gonna, to, I want to talk about one more here. Um, and Rob, if you'll, you'll go ahead and start making, making your way. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. I want to actually read from a couple passages here, but Galatians 6, 9. This is the third one. It says, And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Right? 
All right, so here's in Romans chapter 2, verse 6, it says, He will render each one according to his works to those who by patience and well, well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality. He will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distresses for every human being who does evil. The Jew first, also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good. The Jew first and also the Greek. For God shows no partiality. All right? So God's word says this right here. Listen, and, and he speaks again to our current state, telling us that there is a specific future that we can look to. Okay? And, it, and it is true. And God says that if you, by doing good, Seek to do good and to honor the Lord. The Bible says that you will inherit good things. You will inherit eternal life. That God will bring blessing and favor upon your life. But if you decide that you want to live in wickedness and live and do the wrong thing in your life and walk in the ways of wickedness, then the Bible says that there will be wrath and that there will be fury. Listen, this is 2020 vision into our future that we can see ahead of ourselves before we actually get there, that God tells us that what we're doing today okay, will, will come back to us in our future. All right? And it is a general sense. It's not a specific sense. But you can still bank on it. That God's word is true. And that he is faithful and just to fulfill his word in every single avenue of our life. And I really want to focus on the, the Galatians 6, 9 that I read here. Because I think this is so important um, in our life. And probably more prevalent for all of us here today than all the others. It says, listen, let us not grow weary in doing good. Did you know that Paul wouldn't have wrote these, listen, Paul wouldn't have wrote these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit if it wasn't possible for us to grow weary in doing good. You ever grown weary in doing good? I hope so. If not, you may not be doing enough good. Man, it's it's easy. It's easy to grow weary in doing good. It just is. It's easy to get tired of doing the good that God has called you to do. It just it just it just is. Especially when things don't line up the way that you think that they should line up, especially when things don't happen in the timeline that you think that they should happen. Uh, you know, you think, well, I, you know, I got, I, I thought God was going to bless me for my obedience and I don't see any blessing. And it's just really easy to begin to think, you know, I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my life. I'm wasting all of my years doing what I'm doing right now. And I just don't see, I don't see God blessing it. This is the reason why the scripture is here. It says, do not grow weary in doing good. All right. In other words, it's speaking to what you're doing right now. Do not grow weary in doing the good things that you're doing right now. If you are weary, listen, understand it's understandable to be weary. It's understandable to, to want to wring your hands and to, you know, just pull your hair out and to be going through all the frustrations that go along with, with obedience and walking with God. It, you know, it, it, it happens. It can happen to all of us. But it's telling us, don't grow weary in doing good. For in 
the right season, you will reap. Okay? In the right time, you will reap if you do not give up. So if you give up, you, you're not going to reap anything. You, you lose all the good things that you would reap by giving up when God tells you to keep pushing forward and to be good and to honor him. Whatever that looks like in your life, whatever it is, whatever it is that God is telling you to do, he tells you, listen, and he gives you 2020 vision into your future. If you don't give up, if you don't give up, okay, you will reap a harvest. You'll reap a harvest. Just continue to do the good that you know you should be doing. You stand to your feet this morning.